You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network, the only place on television to see every game from the NCHC pod in Omaha. The college hockey action from Baxter Arena continues until December 21st, so be sure to check out MidcoSN.com for full schedule details. That's MidcoSN. This is how we do sports. This is the Built Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shapes Podcast. We are taping this on a Tuesday morning, December the 15th. I'm Alex Snyder. He's Build Shaves. Bill, good to see you. Busy time of year for everybody as we drift into finals week and everything else going on. Yeah, great to see you too, Alex. Um, I know it's been a few weeks since we potted, so uh, we apologize for that. A um, few things going on because you had been in Omaha, and then uh, I went to Omaha, so I we were in <laughs> transit. It seemed like this week or this today just worked for us. So it's a good day. Uh, so, it's a good yeah, day. So here we are, mid December. You know, heading toward the end of the calendar year, which I think many will be uh, excited for. Uh, probably a little bit. Now, again, we want to caution people. This is sort of the same thing, you know, when we kind of got to different parts of the year earlier, where it's, hey, once this particular event happens, things will get better. Or we're looking forward to this particular event, and that's going to solve all our problems. We want to caution people that just because the calendar flips and it'll be a new year, not everything that we're currently dealing with is going to instantly disappear. There will be some carryover from this particular calendar season. But it is exciting to think 2021 is a couple of weeks away. The holiday season's upon us. We're going to get started with a really busy second half of the school year on the way as well. There are lots of things to look forward to. But again, we don't want to make it seem like that all of our problems are going to be instantly solved because 2020 will be in our rearview mirror. Well, this time last year the virus was percolating, right? And really probably Correct. hadn't come to us at this point. So when we flip the calendar from 19 to 20, you know, there's always optimism and, you know, you're always reflecting and you're looking, you know, forward and, and, and thinking through things. Could we ever have imagined a year that we, we lived through? And, you know, so let's, let's be half very glass full is as we record this on a Tuesday, the first vaccinations were occurring in our country yesterday, which is awesome. So there's something to be said for that. As we all know that it's probably going to be maybe mid mid year in 21, where if you are wanting to get a vaccination, um, they'll probably be available to you. Maybe uh, I'll say, depending on where you are in the line, uh, maybe May, June-ish or somewhere in that range, maybe earlier, you never know. And so, um, but there's just, I think, uh, a renewed optimism at this stage of the game. And uh, But you're right, it, it, you know, there's still a level of diligence and due diligence that we're going to have to deal with through um, this virus. And it's been, um, it, you know, from an athletic standpoint, uh, and we'll get into it here, it's going to continue to be uneven or bumpy or, or difficult to maneuver until we get to that herd immunity, what a vaccination will do for uh, uh, certainly the, the country and uh, in the world. Yeah, and I, I think we should be excited. I mean, there certainly is, as you said, reason to be pumped up for the year to change and for so many good things, hopefully in our future and a return to normalcy. So I didn't want to make it seem like <laughs> that we're spreading gloom and doom, but just to, just to get, it's that balance, that balancing act between being excited, being positive, being optimistic, but then also being realistic as well that, you know, come, you know, January the 8th, that we're not going to have 12,000 people in Ralph Angle Sad Arena for UND Hockey's home opener. Like that's, there are some things there that just aren't going to happen, but we're going to try and work towards those things, hopefully as the year goes on. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's probably a really good place to start because I, I, I think if so, if we if we take a step back and we just look at it from a macro standpoint, spent a lot of time, Alex, really from the time we that you know again i i don't know if we'll do another pod before the end of the actual calendar year maybe we will we'll, we'll we, you know we t- we tend to text each other and and see whether or not <laughs> this week works or not and maybe right before the flip of the calendar might make sense who knows maybe 2 weeks from now but i i'd say ever since the scenario happened uh, where the NBA kind of closed down and that seemed to be the seminal moment, right? Mm-hmm. We all tried to just figure out how to do competition. And, you know, I, I'd say that it's been, um, it's, it's been awesome the last few weeks to get back into the competition game. And, you know, it's almost secondary for us right now in some ways, the results, and that's going to sound odd for people, but I sure hope folks will give our programs and teams some grace right now in regards to what they're actually going through to actually play a game. And, you know, in the result, we all want to win. I I, want to win every game we play. Um, I'm really realistic as far as some of the things our, our our teams are going through just to actually get to compete. And you might say, is that worth it? I, I, I think it is. I, I think if that's in your DNA and that's where, y- y- you know, you are as a, I'll call it as a human, uh, you know, you, you, you're a, you're a student. You also are really good at this athletic thing. I, I think it's important that you're able to compete. And I'll tell you what competition has been difficult and hard and you know and i can look at it and, and obviously if i i looked at you know mal and paul obviously they wish you know we were winning more games at this point in time but just to get to the game itself almost feels like a win i mm-hmm. mean and it, it, that's going to sound pollyanna to some but it's 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 some of the things that they're going through just to play games has been uh it's been it's been something yeah that certainly has been the case on the basketball side and you've seen that with the reports coming up with you know within 48 hours, you, you're planning on playing one particular team. That team has to cancel. Now you got to schedule a new team. Again, a lot of credit. Again, a lot of credit to you, Bill, and I think to athletic directors around the country and league commissioners for trying to help make as much of that competition side work and to make it work well. And obviously, unless you're in a bubble like the hockey team is right now in Omaha, essentially, essentially a bubble, again, down in Omaha, more or less, you're going to have issues trying to get healthy bodies, you know, to be able to pass tests and be ready to go for competition. And we've seen that on the basketball side. And we've seen that not just, of course, at the North Dakota level, but the national level as well. And we're going to continue to see that over the course of the Summit League season and, and into regular play in the NCHC. No doubt. It, it, absolutely. I mean, there, there's many, uh, many of us that have put a competitive equity aside right now just for the concept of, of playing games right now. And I think in my mind, I'm like, well, hey, especially let's call it, well, hockey dove straight into their conference play, right? So that's a little different. Whereas basketballs, I think, can get themselves to a place where then they've got 16 games in the Summit League that in, in a lot of ways you throw out the records at that point and start yeah. the year zero and zero at that stage. And, 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 but hockey had to go straight in, right? And so you're trying to figure that out. The, you know, many of our staff members have done a great job 
um, Alex. I, I mean, tremendous job. But I do have to call out Steve Westering's group and in and, and our sports med group. If you said to me in March, you know, hey, uh, you know, you're not going to play any games the rest of this year, academic year, and then you're not going to play the fall. And then maybe you're going to play in the winter. Oh, and by the way, you're, all of your athletic trainers basically are going to run a lab and do testing on a, on a basically a daily basis to see whether or not your, your teams can practice, travel, and play. Mm. I would have said, holy cow, really? And, and, and as we sit here on December, mid-December, that's where we are. We literally have labs set up, and that's what we're doing. And so, you know, yeoman's work for, for those folks that have done that and, uh, you know, and, 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 and awesome for our student-athletes and coaches that have persevered. They're willing to pivot. They're willing to be malleable. They're, they're willing to understand that this is just a unique year. That is, yes, I echo all that. Um, <laughs> unique and understatement for sure. I think that's, that's just it. it. Circumstances have been so unique, so difficult, so different across the board that there are so many people working different jobs than they thought they were going to probably. Like that's, these, those things weren't in Steve's job description probably. If, how, do you, how do you figure out how to make this work during a pandemic? Not something that you would necessarily think you're going to have to tackle when you join on and, and take this up as a career. But a lot of credit to those people for adjusting on the fly and for being malleable and flexible. And again, a lot of credit to those folks. Yeah. The other, the other group that, uh, you know, deserves just, uh, an A plus is our administration at UND. Um, from the minute the pandemic hit, the, the communication uh, among everyone has been a really second to none. And the ability to kind of work through what it means for the university. And, I, and again, I, I think we always have to take a step back and say, hey, look, the most important thing is the university to be as successful as possible. And then from there, we fit in our, our kind of our piece of the puzzle or piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And, and we try to you know, do everything that w- we can do to help the university be successful. But Tom DiLorenzo who first started as our COVID lead, and then Jed Shivers, who's our COVID lead right now. You know, literally on a daily basis, there's conversation about where we where we are, where we think we're going, where we've been. Um, testing has always been critical for, for this group. Um, we've been just really lucky and fortunate to be supported by an amazing uh, group of uh, folks on campus and obviously led by, uh, you know, Dr. Wynn when he was the interim president and then when Dr. Armacost came in. Uh, just tremendous. And so um, can't thank them enough. And to actually, again, get to actual competition has been huge, huge, because there's a level of now somewhat normalcy that is occurring, right? I mean, you were in the pod. And again, we've weirdly, uh, you know, gotten used to some degree, no fans at a game to some degree, but it's great to see a game because boy, when we got the games taken away from us, that was a tough one. Yeah, it's been bizarre to not have that competition for so long. And then to see it come back and obviously on the hockey side, you know, like a fire hydrant hose coming out, like a, a, a lot of competition in a short period of time, 38 games in 21 days down in Omaha. It was, yeah, I think overwhelming at first and exciting and 
and it's just been that that in particular has just been great and it's been so much fun to be a part of that uh, with our mid West End coverage awesome to see how well the league has done to put all these things together again so much behind the scenes work from again from top to bottom because you're re- you're reimagining how to do competition in this empty arena to make it safe for eight different teams you lose one of the teams early because there's a positive COVID test in Colorado College's case. Now you have to readjust the schedule and try and make that work and get as many games in as you can. And they've just done so many things, I think, that people aren't aware of to pull this off. And that's been Josh Fenton, but then and then everybody underneath him that have been making those things happen, along with the again with the eight member schools of the league. Really impressive stuff. And again, we're, we're two thirds of the way through. We're on. We're starting on week three today. So we're, we're you know, not quite there yet. And Joshua keeps saying, until we cross the finish line of the pod, we're not going to celebrate this. Plus, then we also have the second half of the season to worry about, which is coming up in two weeks. But it would be a huge accomplishment if they can finish it out with no positive cases in the pod and finish out 38 games in 21 days. No other conference in the country has been this successful because nobody else has gotten this model. Really impressive stuff for them. Yeah, so the president's... Uh for sure, uh, we're very supportive of Josh's uh, vision in this regard. Uh, give Commissioner Fenton a lot of credit in this regard. We knew because we were spread out over three time zones, uh, we were unique. And so we had to be, we had to think a little bit differently because you just can't jump on a bus. Oh, I, you know, someone can't play tonight. I'm going to go, you know, let's just say 60 miles west instead of east and play a game. That was not a possibility. So we had to be really thoughtful about how do you get the year started? And, and you know, I, I, I guess we'll always think ahead, right? I mean, we, he's right. We've got to be diligent right now in trying to get week three done. But now we have to start thinking, okay, how do you get the rest of the year done? And what does that look for the end of the year as well? And so those are some of the conversations we're having really um, not only with the NCHC, but, you know, this pod actually started a little late because I was running overtime on a Summit League call. (laughs) And we were having some of those conversations at this point. And those are, you know, those are just some of the conversations you're literally having to try to, again, get back to competition. It's about having the competition. It's funny what the basics are back to. I mean, we're just trying to have games. That's it. It's almost like going to, you know, play whatever, you know, sport du jour you like, right? Pick up soccer, pick up basketball. It's it's back to just games. It's back to just having games, and it's just awesome. And I, I'll say this. I, I, I'd be remiss if, uh, if I didn't say, um, you know, Midco's coverage has been nothing short of phenomenal. I mean, start there. It's been awesome. So to Mark Powell and the whole group there, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then Trev's group and uh, Mike Kemp's group, uh, you know, at Omaha uh, has done just a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, University of Nebraska Medical Center has been uh, tremendous, uh, Dr. Kepsel and and that whole group. And so, um, and of course, you know, uh, Commissioner Fenton uh, and his staff and, and what they've been able to pull off. And then all of our coaches and student athletes, you know, yeah. it, without them, Alex, really kind of, hey, again, I, we know why you're there, right, to play games. But it's, um, you know, they've they've done what they need to do to to try to keep that train moving. Yeah, it's been really impressive how smooth it has gone because they're again, the first the first couple of days that even leading up to the pod, just like thinking about how is this going to work and can they pull this off? Yeah, a ton of credit for everybody buying in 100 percent 
not going outside the guidelines. Yeah, a ton of credit to the to the UNO staff and the UNMC staff that have been on site testing people. That's been a well-oiled machine. Everything, it, just, it seems like they've really had thought of just about everything. And maybe little things they didn't think about after day one, they had like quickly corrected and there, everything was pretty much in place the way it should be. So... Well, what I'll, what I'll say is, and, and this is, you know, so if we can think of it really in three, um, uh, almost like three bites, right? So you have your coaches and your athletes and just call them the officials that actually have to get the game going, right? Like they're, they're the game, they're, right? They're the main, main meal. And then you've got that next group that needs to be there, you know, scorekeepers and timers and all those types of things. And then the next layer to some degree would be opening the front door with fans. And so those first two layers were a Herculean lift. I mean, for this past week, it, you know, once we start thinking about that third piece, you know, you start having to really think through, um, it, it's just a, it's almost like, um, it, it's just a whole nother layer of, of things that you've got to kind of prepare for. And that's, you know, what we're talking about, even with the Ralph at this point and the Betty and, you know, what does that look like? Because that it, it is tough. I mean, uh, so think about this. I drove down and uh, watched our men's team play on Friday night in Sioux Falls and then watched uh, the hockey team uh, play on Saturday and Sunday in Omaha. And, and this is just how, you know, I guess secure that both venues were like, literally I parked my car. I walked in, I got pointed to where I was going. Both places was kind of removed uh, upper, upper, I'll say non game floor, non ice level upper sat by myself, watched the game, left the building, got in my car, went to the hotel and then kind of wash, rinse, repeat. And I did that three times, two different venues, and literally wasn't near anyone uh, during that entire time. And literally, it was almost two, I'll call it, um, let's just call it 12 feet away where I had a conversation with with Commissioner Fenton for, you know, a period of time. And that was it for those three three games. And that's just kind of where we are to make sure that the games can go on. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's uh, those are the kind of steps you have to take, and that's why the NCHC has implemented this tiered system. Where if you're in tier one, those essential people, like you mentioned, players, officials, coaches, people that are in, you know working with the teams, they don't have any contact with anybody who's in tier two, which is more like the broadcast media folks, other ancillary people. And then there's a tier three, and Bill Bill's saying Bill was in tier three, <laughs> along with some of the print media that are even a little more separate, and so. If you're thinking about fans, then you almost have another tier, a tier four that's in. And so figuring out all these things, once we start having home events in Grand Forks, and obviously we've already had one, which you know did not have fans a couple of weeks ago with women's hoops. Uh, we'll talk a little more about the pod and more about some of the specifics of competition in a moment. Where, where are we at right now, I guess, for people curious when the gates open on a new home season? At the beginning of January, again, home basketball coming up against Kansas City on the second and third, and then home hockey the following weekend against Omaha. Right now, what's the position of UND in terms of spectators coming to those facilities? Yeah, so we meet on a weekly basis, uh, a group of us um, here in Grand Forks, just talking about venue and operations. And so that when uh, we do uh, turn the calendar that... uh, you know, if we were to have fans both at football at the Alaris Center 
and uh, fans of basketball and hockey that it would look very similar. I mean, we, we want to make sure that we're, you know, it, you don't want to go to one venue and all of a sudden it seems, you know, a little bit different than the other ones. So that's really what that group is discussing is the coordination of that. Uh, Jody's been awesome and Anna, you know, as far as um, working through what those numbers could be, though that submission will go here to our county health and then ultimately the state for approval. So I would say more to come on that. I, nothing that I can disclose on this pod right now, but we sure. are working on it right now. And maybe I truly, it might be almost worthwhile if we were to pod, let's just say in two weeks, knock on wood, hopefully I'd have that information then. Yeah, good to know. Another one of those stay tunes. If you're a season ticket holder, thank you. A Champions Club member, thank you. Uh, there was a correspondence that went out about 10 days ago uh, in anticipation that we may have some fans. And again, just not sure what that will look like at this point. And so, uh, um, so we're getting some feedback, Alex, certainly from our, 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 uh, uh, our various constituencies. And we just, uh, we'll have that information. Obviously, as soon as we have it, then we'll disclose it. Good deal. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. In terms of what's happening on the ice and the court and on the track for that matter, Let's kind of dive in. The last couple of weeks have been have been busy, really. It's been fun to have the update. So just for in full transparency, like I'll always look through, you know, not not daily, but often looking through fightinghawks.com, just checking out what stories are going on. Like we're paying attention to what's happening. And for so long on the athletics website, you know, there just wasn't a lot of new stuff because there wasn't anything really going on. You kind of had some things from the end of the spring, like celebrating awards, pretty quiet in the summer pretty quiet in the fall and obviously there's nothing to report on so that's okay (laughs) it's been fun to go there now and you see boom score from this game boom women's basketball preview boom track and field in action in far like there was there's stuff lots of new stuff happening it's got to be exciting for the athletics department bill to have competition like we've been talking about going thick and fast now yeah and we you know we made we've had some conversations about you know, content, like, what do you do with content during this odd time where we weren't playing games? And we said, we made a decision that less was more. That's the decision we kind of made. So, um, you know, just because it, it, there's such uncertainty about what was going on. So yeah, now that there's actual events going on, I mean, now you can actually discuss games, right. And, and, and what's next. And, um, and I hate to say we've been normalized into, uh, pivoting off of certain games to another, but it feels like, well, that one's not happening. All right, we'll go try to get this one. And, you know, so uh, it's just funny. Like, uh, when we finally get, when we finally get to the other side, you know, what kind of, I don't know, what kind of lessons and what kind of um, things will we bring with us? Uh, it'll be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Future Bill and future Alex. What will we experience? <laughs> That's right. Curious. Curious to see. On the hockey side of things, obviously great start down in the pod. You know, UND was 3-0 and and rolling. And then, you know, you take some people out of the equation for World Juniors. You, you lose some people to injury. You play some really difficult teams and, and some of the... You know, just the the amount of games back to back to back again. UND played every other day from December the 2nd all the way until December the 12th. And then had back-to-backs on the 12th and the 13th. So a couple losses mixed in uh, with, a, with a shootout defeat to Minnesota Duluth. But right now still tied for second in the conference. Just your thoughts on UND in the pod right now and where they're at so far through seven games as we pod today on the 15th of December. Yeah, pretty good assessment, Alex. I, I you know, 
everyone's got a schedule that's a bear down there. So, you know, I, you know, our schedules do better or worse than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but you know, probably more so than anything this year, you almost have to wait till the end and, and see where we fall. Uh, you know, it, it, I get it. We're going to, we're going to live game by game and, and period by period shift by shift. But, uh, yeah, you know, we, um, we knew we would lose uh, Jake to to the juniors. Uh, Tyler was a little bit of a surprise, and then uh, <laughs> it, you know a, a last minute surprise, which you know put us you know right right probably with a full roster at that point. And then you knew you were going to get some dings down there, and uh, we've had a few of those. And so it's been a little bit challenging, certainly from just a uh, a roster management standpoint. And so uh, like uh, you know I, that's just reality. Um, I think you 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 go play, and and that's that's your team, and, and away you go. And so uh, what we've got three left now. Um, and so mm-hmm. knock on wood, um, you know we have a good week to finish out strong here. And then heal up a bit and get into the uh, almost the second third of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Until you get to the whole playoff, uh, you know, scenario, which who knows what will you know be in store at that. Re- <laughs> <laughs> who knows, right? Who knows? Like, I mean, I, hard to crystal ball that one right now. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Speaking of, stay tuned. Yeah, who who knows what's going to happen there? But for UND, they do know right now. You have St. Cloud State coming up on the 16th. Big game against Minnesota Duluth at noon on the 19th on Saturday, and then Miami to finish things out on the 20th. Before you kind of get two weeks, and I say off in quotes because they're right back at it on New Year's Eve, right back in Omaha, which is just home away from home for this hockey team. So a couple games against Omaha down in Baxter Arena, of course. That'll be 14 straight games for them in Baxter Arena dating back to last season. So sounds about right. And then they'll finally be at home again against Omaha as well uh, coming up that second weekend of January. But yeah, fantastic stuff from UND. I think you have to be really proud of the effort, especially on Sunday against Western Michigan when they were down to five defensemen. They were missing multiple forwards who were hurt as well. I think they only had 17 healthy skaters in that game. You can have up to 19 in your lineup each night. So two below sort of the, the maximum requirement and... And they pulled it off, a 6-3 win against the Western Michigan team that all of a sudden was frisky and had beaten some good teams that past week. So a lot of credit to them showing great heart. Especially if you're going to play that many games in that uh, short of turnaround, you can't get too high or too low. And you, you know there's just quality teams up and down the NCHC. So you can't get caught up in records and you can't get – you got to get caught up in the next 60 minutes in front of you. And, uh, you know, it, you know, it just uh, – um, it was one of those, uh, you know, really good uh, games to, to kind of, you know, having coming off Saturday's game against St. Cloud uh, to kind of put you in a pretty good mindset heading into week three. But now we got, as you said, three tough ones again. So uh, um, but they're all tough and they're tough for everybody. Yeah, no, no easy ones, certainly for for anyone in this league or in this particular format. So many games in a short period of time. But stay tuned to that again. Three more games in the pod, then UND back in action on New Year's Eve for the second half of the season. Uh, men's basketball, you mentioned you were you were down in Sioux Falls for the Dakota Showcase. Great to see the Dakota schools getting together to play some really important non-conference games. How big, by the way, was that to organize that together and give each of these teams, the two in North Dakota, the two in South Dakota, a chance to play three games essentially that don't count against your conference record when non-conference games have been awfully tough to come by here this year. Give the coaches a whole lot of credit. 
I'll tell you what, uh, all, all four head coaches along with the Pentagon, uh, I thought, you know, they initiated it. They were the ones to say, hey, it could be really challenging and difficult for us right now. But if we ended up going down there and we know uh, as long as we can, uh, you know, check off the testing protocols, uh, we could go down there and potentially get some games in. and, you know, it's funny, I was talking to Coach Schweiger, and he said it kind of reminded him of his childhood when uh, I think uh, that it used to happen that way, uh, you know, back around the holidays. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he, you know, it, it just it invoked probably some memories for some, which was great. And uh, I just give the coaches a lot of credit. You know, they it, it was a they were all tight games and and so it gave you a chance to really work on your team and again if you can go with the mindset alex that you're going to be zero and zero come you know whatever day it is january whatever right i mean second Mm -hmm. third fourth whatever game day we're playing if you can go with that mindset then these games were invaluable for for teams and uh i think that's what the coaches were thinking and uh for sure you know i mean split the first two games and then uh you know obviously a crushing loss on saturday uh you know but in some ways right better to have a crushing loss in early december than say early march and so uh it'll be fascinating to see how these teams grow over the next uh, few months yeah paul sather's squad as you mentioned a nice win over south dakota in the opener Close loss to South Dakota State, and then obviously a one-point defeat to NDSU to round that out. They're one in five now. They have a, a back-to-backer against Southern Illinois coming up on the 17th and 18th, and then at Drake on the 22nd of December, and then some of the play begins. Yeah, just right after the turn of the year, Kansas City coming to the Betty on the second and third for the first of what, what will be a really unique scheduling situation in the Summit League this year, where you'll play Kansas City uh, in this case on a Saturday. And the women will play them as well. And then you'll play Kansas City on Sunday with the women playing as well in a doubleheader. Should be interesting and unique. And I think, but, but again, a scenario that seems to make the most sense and I think is one we're all looking forward to. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the first time uh, the men will play at, the, at home will be, you know, in 2021. So yeah. that will be, uh, <laughs> a, a, you know, that's a challenge in itself. But I think the team thought, and I, 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 believe this to be a really good thought process the southern illinois who's very good by the way um the back-to-back there will give you a flavor of what it's going to be like in the summit Mm -hmm. league so so you're trying to do the things that are going to help your team moving forward and so and then drake's going to be uh pretty good obviously on the road all of those will be difficult uh road games uh and then kind of come back and then like i said flip the calendar and then really it's on at that point in time. So, uh, um, and, you know, in, in not having Deshaun the last few games, uh, yeah. certainly it's missing a, piece, a key piece of our, our puzzle, certainly offensively. And uh, um, so hopefully, knock on wood, he'll be back uh, in, the, in the short term and, uh, and then we'll be at full strength and, and, and kind of roll the dice. Yeah, it's been fun to see, even though they've not been at full strength, you know, the guys fight and to see the step that Philip Robracha has made this year where he was very good as a freshman, very, very good last year. And now he's he is one of the elite players in the league. And to see young guys too, like Tyree Nacho and new guys like Caleb Nero and Sabian Sims play big roles right away. Mitchell Sucre, like they've, they've got so many new faces. It's a lot of guys to learn, but fun to see this team start to gel together. And you think the ceiling is really high for this group when they get into conference play. Yeah. And, and, you know, you think about it last year and, you know, Marlon had such a great year and he just, you know, he, 
uh, he could do so many things, right? He was a great ball handler. Um, he, he was, you know, a great passer and, uh, he just, um, meant so much to the team, uh, that, uh, to lose that, you knew you were, it was going to be just a challenge to kind of get things going a little bit and then, uh, you know, throw what COVID in there and testing and on the road and lots of other things. <laughs> yeah, it complicates things when you're trying to get, the, you know, get a team figured out for the new year. But again, great to have those extra games in Sioux Falls. Great to have these additional non-conference games coming up. The women's team with Mal Bernard, same story. I and mean, when you've got games being canceled, then they've now had two cancellations they've had to fight through. Uh, still looking for their first win. But talk about, by the way, that crazy situation with the women getting set to play Old Dominion. That game gets called off and you have a new matchup at Wisconsin arranged. Roughly 48 hours in advance of tip. Talk about just the moving pieces that went along with trying to figure out last week for women's hoops. Yeah, you know, so every time you're playing a game, uh, you know, you're always trying to make sure that everyone's uh, checked their COVID boxes. And when you potentially have a positive, you know, what sometimes does you end is not necessarily the one positive test. It's trying to go back and figuring out who's got to be traced out at that stage. And so if you're about to leave for a game and you're not sure, maybe you're better not, you know, maybe you shouldn't be leaving for the game at that point. And so I think that sort of was, was the situation where then we were able to pivot pretty quickly and try to figure out, uh, Wisconsin and the and the good news with that one was it was drivable so that was a little bit uh, a little bit uh, more helpful in that regard but then you've got to figure out the Big Ten protocols and make sure that you're checking those boxes and so um, we couldn't announce that even though we knew that there was a possibility that it could happen but we had to make sure that we were uh, following the Big Ten protocol and then you had to go backwards and make sure that we had followed it leading up to the game. Because when we talked about the Marquette game previous to that, the Big East had their own protocols. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and again, we, we had, you know, through the, all of this, there's 32 division one conferences and it feels like there's 32 different attestations and protocols and things like that. And, and we're just, again, it's almost literally day by day. And so we, we, we kind of say, okay, what do we got this week? Got it. All right. Is it good to go? Yep. And I end up getting uh, texts from either Paul or Mal and they and they say, yep, we're good to go. All <laughs> negative. We're good to go. And then I say, good luck. Oh, boy. I love a good attestation. Uh, the, w- <laughs> the women, by the way, also, again, a couple close losses, that tough road trip out to Montana against Montana, Montana State, two very good teams in the big sky, the loss to Wisconsin, where they hung in there. They've been undermanned, again, with, with different people being out because of close contact or because of injury, et cetera. So they haven't really had a full deck yet. They get a big game now against the Bison coming up tomorrow on the 16th down in Fargo, and then a game at Toledo. And then they start some of the play also again against Kansas City. But it's a team, again, same thing. A lot of familiar faces coming back. Fun to see though some of those familiar faces really step up. Juliet Gordon has been a revelation after not playing last year because of injury. She's been fun to watch. Fun to see Maggie Manson take some steps this year. Both of those two players scoring in double figures, along with usual stars like Julia Fleece and Melissa Leap playing well. We expected this team to take a step this year, even though they don't have a win in that particular column yet. You can see the talent level is certainly there. 
Yeah, Casey and Olivia have, uh, you know, obviously not been able to play much this year as all. Olivia, mm-hmm. not at all. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think, you know, m- many schools around the country can say the same thing, right? They've been, either been shorthanded or, or playing a little bit uh, uneven, if you will, with their roster. And so uh, I, I do think as, as we head in the next few weeks, um, I think we're getting some valuable playing time. You, you mentioned Juliet. I think just getting her um, some reps for sure is going to uh, pay uh, big dividends. Um, you know, the first game of the year, not having a couple of players due to tracing. Uh, I mean, there was just some unevenness that has gone on. But you're right. We're kind of maybe uh, – um, you know, back to, I'll call it Summit League competition tomorrow night on a Wednesday night as we record this on a Tuesday. So, uh, you know, we'll get a pretty good understanding of where the team is right now. As again, you know, you turn and flip that calendar and you say, okay, can you take everything that has happened, I'll call it in December, and then sort of figure out to try to be the best version of uh, whatever team is going to be in the months of January, February, heading into March. Yeah, that's all you can do. Just trying to take those steps. That game, by the way, against the Bison, live on Midco SN coming up. So if you need a little break from the hockey, you also have some really good women's basketball going on on December the 16th as well. Uh, track and field. I want to get a track and field shout out because they also were down in Fargo, a duel with NDSU a couple days ago. A couple of event winners and Lucy Steinmeier, who's the defending 400-meter champion for the Summit League. She won the 600 the other day. Erica Benson won the pentathlon. Seven new top 10 marks. They don't really know when their next meet's going to be, at least right now in terms of what's been announced. Schedule's a bit TBD, but great that they could get that meet in, get some reps, put some marks out there. Just to get the flow and the feel of competition once again, I think a great thing for that program. Yeah, so... You know, just like the men's basketball down uh, in Sioux Falls, I think just the ability uh, for the two North Dakota schools to get together, uh, again, to create a competitive environment for our student athletes was huge. Same thing with uh, women's basketball. It's going to be down in Fargo. You might ask why in Fargo, because they're going to be up here in Grand Forks during the regular season. So, you know, we kind of figured, uh, you know, if you're going to split split it this year, I think if it was reversed, I think they'd be right up here in Grand Forks. Mm. So that was the thought process there. So again, I, I, I appreciate all of uh, my counterparts. And I think that we all have the same thought process in mind. Again, how can we, how can we do this thing called competition? Yeah, it's good to see those relationships and that collaboration coming through, that there's no, there's no pettiness involved. You're just trying to do the right thing for the student athletes and do what, as close to what's fair and equal as you can in a very unfair and unequal year. And uh, again, Kudos to you guys for figuring those things out for the kids. It's all about the kids. Yeah. Do it for the kids, Bill. It, it is. It is. And, I, <laughs> you know, I, 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 we got to a place, you know, around that July, August time frame when, unfortunately, we didn't do the fall. That was tough. That was tough. That was coming off, you know, the cancellation of the winter and the spring. I, I mean, those are those are difficult things. And so I think, you know, this whole year has been taxing for a lot of folks and certainly um, mentally as well, just a lot of, a lot of events uh, that, that, you know, is normal to everybody, whether it be a graduation or an anniversary or a wedding, a birthday, those are all things that just have had to take a backseat to some degree this year. So to get back to a level of, uh, you know, again, I'll use the word normalcy helps for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. One, 1000%. Yes. 
Uh, anything else, Bill, from a UND or a NCAA perspective you want to chat on this week before we do a, a quick flip over to side B? Yeah, Division One Council does meet today, and uh, mm. I'll be interested to see uh, if there's um, any conversation regarding name, image, likeness next month, January. Uh, January, I think uh, 21st-ish, somewhere in that range, is the NCA convention virtually. And so there's still a lot of chatter that's going on in regards uh, federally. Uh, and state by state as it pertains to NIL. And uh, I'll say this, I I think I'm a little bit more in the wait and see mode right now. I mean, obviously we're monitoring it. Obviously we need to know what's going to transpire. But the one thing I don't think you can leap ahead on is is to really get ahead of yourself until you know exactly what the actual legislation may be. And so so that might be a pod conversation uh, in 21. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to that one as well. Yes. Good stuff. We'll do a quick flip here to the B side. Two big points that I want to hit. Number one, our soccer teams are playing tomorrow, Bill. Midweek soccer coming up. Top of the table Spurs against second place Liverpool. Tied on points. Just the goal difference. The only difference. Uh, this is exciting. One versus two. I don't think this has ever been one versus two in the time that I've known you, Bill. So Liverpool over the last uh, two years have had an amazing run. That, I mean, we, I mean, we've been one. Yeah, we, we've been one been a couple one. times. Been, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> amazing run. But, uh, but if you look at English Premier Soccer right now, boy, the difference between one and eight is not much right now. And so, no. uh, um, you know, you have two bad matches in a row you could find yourself in seventh or eighth pretty quick yeah. so i don't take first place uh i mean it's great it's it's better to be in first than not but should be a fun match tomorrow night i i'll, I'll be honest with you um uh, you know i watched liverpool this weekend after uh, the spurs had kind of a, a pedestrian tie at crystal palace um and then kind of liverpool did the same sort of thing um and maybe there was a little bit of a look ahead Maybe, maybe, I don't know, but uh, just so much soccer they're playing, Alex. I mean, just, I mean, we talk about the pod and hockey, but, you know, between European football, Champions League football, all the other things they're in, you know, Liverpool's taken a huge um, beating on the injury front this year. And it's just, it's just amazing, isn't it? It's just amazing what's on their odometer. They've, they've taken a lot of hits. Uh, if you ask Jose Mourinho, the injury list is not that long. I don't know if you saw this today. There's a great press conference bite from Jose in which someone asked him, I think, about the Liverpool injury list. And he proceeded to say, hmm, hmm, and then started listing off all the people who weren't injured in his great Portuguese accent. Allison is not injured. Alexander-Arnold is not injured. It was great. And he went through like 10 guys. And then he proceeded to say, we have injuries. I've got two guys in the under 16s who were injured. I've got two in the under 21s. <laughs> and it was, he's like, I could make up a list of 10 people. It was just, you know, perfect Jose. So he's not, <laughs> he has no sympathy for the Liverpool laundry list of guys who are out for this game. So it will be, it will be a good match, an important match. Anytime you have two teams at the top of the table going at it, you know, three points on the line, it's important. But like you said, long season, it's such a compressed schedule. Again, so many teams have played sort of so-so soccer over the first two months of the campaign that everybody's still very much in it. The title race is wide open. If you can get a win in this game, 
that would go a long way to helping you pursue, you know, your ambitions. But a loss is not going to kill you, especially with the amount of soccer they are going to have to play in the weeks to come. You yourself, though, by the way, Liverpool Wednesday, who's in second place, you get Leicester on Sunday, who's in third place right now. It's they're just no easy ones, much like the pod. Not a lot of easy ones coming your way here. No, there, there, there's no easy ones. And then if you go on the road anywhere in, in the league, it, it's it's a challenge. So, um, yeah, I, it'll, it'll be a good one, though. I, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they play it. I, I Liverpool has has certainly conceded goals this year. And, um, you know, I think I think Tottenham will play a little bit uh I would say more offensive than they did against Chelsea. I, I for whatever reason, I think they're going to try to score a little bit more. And Kane and Sana have been unbelievable this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, their 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 connection uh, is is actually been historic, to tell you the truth. Uh, so um, they're they're certainly at the top of their game, but uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun match. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, at the same token, by the way, the Champions League and Europa League draws came out. Liverpool got Leipzig in the round of 16. Spurs got Wolfsburg. And right away when I saw that, I go, oh, Wolfsburg from Germany. Oh, good team, good history. And then I double-checked, and the spelling is different. It's Wolfsburg with an E, and this is Wolfsburg from Austria. <laughs> Who does not have the history and lineage of Wolfsburg in the, in the Bundesliga? It, only in Europa League, Bill, can you have like a bizarro Wolfsburg that you're playing that you're playing against in the round of 16. I well, like your chances. All that well, to say. Well, I, 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 it was interesting the uh, the ability to win last week and win the group probably yeah. helped because mm-hmm. then you didn't have to go i and i don't know if you jose's great i mean for the for folks that that want to just uh have a good time anytime they put a microphone in from front of him you don't know what's going to happen yeah. but he he just was tremendous and it, it, i don't know if you caught what he said about man united last last week no i missed this one well, i can imagine well after they got bumped out of the Champions League, he made it really pretty clear. Well, a couple things. One, uh, he's never gotten bumped out of the Champions League. So he's always moved on when he's there. <laughs> That's one. But two, uh, they obviously are the favorite now in Europa because mm. they come mm. in and, uh, you know, we are just lucky to to have a chance against them uh, when they come in. And then not sure that by losing out of a tournament, you should be able to get a safety net into another tournament. So uh, <laughs> so he went a couple different directions yeah. on that one, but just to give it a few shots to uh, Man U. Classy, classy man. So again, Spurs, Liverpool, Spurs, Leicester, and then Spurs against bargain brand Wolfsburg coming up in your future. Enjoy, enjoy those fixtures, Bill. Well, we've got, I, I don't know, what is it? The Caribou Cup? It's one of those. Mm. Uh, we're going to play, I think, an eighth, the, the, the widest gap between. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, that's that's in the FA Cup, by the way. FA oh, Cup is where you're yes. paired up with with and Marines or Mariner or whatever the school name is. Y- yes, Marine. Marine. There you go. Marine, and I believe we go to their yard. So, uh, <laughs> so it'll be great. Oh, look forward to that one. That's going to be fun. The other big one that I want to check on on the B side is just how you doing with the Steelers right now. You get undefeated, looking great. Now back to back losses. Any concerns moving forward here as we approach Week 15? I think I've been pretty consistent on the pod. I, I, I've <laughs> said to you, I've seen better Steeler teams. Yeah. I, I have not been overly excited about... They've won games, which that's obviously what you want to do. But they've... I do not see a great team in the NFL. 
So can they get back on the, you know, you're going to go through little patches. I mean, now the question is, can they write the ship and get playing good ball again? I don't know. They, they've struggled the last couple of weeks. They just, they're struggling to run the ball. I mean, I, and again, it, they're so one dimensional uh, offensively that they seem to be uh, easily defended right now. And then they've gotten some, like every team, key injuries on defense. And I don't know if they can recover from telling me the truth. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, but, um, but right now with Baltimore winning last night and obviously Cleveland with their fourth loss, obviously they're going to win the North. So, you know, where they finish at this point in time, I don't know. They, they've got to kind of right the ship this week in Cincinnati. They should, they should, uh, but nothing's been guaranteed at this point. And so uh, if they can win that one, I don't know. Kansas city, I still think has to go to new Orleans. So, uh, so that's a, uh, you know, that's not going to be a gimme. And in uh, Casey, I think they're the best team for sure in the AFC but they don't seem invincible today. Hmm. That's a good way to put it. I think that would, I was going to say, when you said there are no great teams, I would almost posit that KC could be like, they, they have the ingredients to be, and they've looked like a great team at times, but just that consistency has just not quite a hundred percent been there for that squad. And that would be, there'd be a team that you would, I guess at this point, I would be a little surprised if Kansas city isn't in the Super Bowl. but at the same time, the way the year has gone, such a bizarre season, it wouldn't shock me if somebody knocks them off and it wouldn't shock me if it was the Steelers team. Although, although Pittsburgh could lose in the first round and that wouldn't shock me either. Unpredictable. Expect the unexpected come the NFL playoffs in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. I, you know, and, and I think really you could put a bunch of teams in the, uh, in the hat in the NFC too. And yeah. I think it's just, who's playing well that, that week. I mean, Seattle at times has looked good and then they haven't. You know, the Rams, same thing. Saints, uh, maybe they've been the most consistent. Green Bay, maybe. I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> I just know this. Uh, as I was, you know, holed up watching some sports as I was, you know, going to the pod at one point, I I, I do feel for Vikings fans. That is a tough one. They, they did everything mm-hmm. they were supposed to do for the first, let's call it, 16 minutes of the game, right? And they just, uh, they should have been ahead by more. <laughs> oh yeah the dan bailey saga it was fun to watch unravel uh, on twitter uh over the course of the weekends people just Losing having a minds. tough time tough to have a kicker that you can't trust tough to have a closer you can't trust maybe yep. uh, i think those are probably I mean, tough to have a goalie you can't trust I, but you know tough to have a kicker you can't trust that's right up there so two quickies for you two quickies one question one comment uh, i'll start with the comment it feels like, and it's only one point, is there anything more depressing than a missed extra point? It just feels yeah. deflating. It is deflating. That's the right word. Yeah. It's, I mean, deflating. It's just like, uh, it, 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 for them, they're up 6 nothing, and you just feel like, did we get two field goals? What did we do here? You know, I mean, it just, it doesn't feel like you're, you're, you're finishing it off. That, that, yeah. it just feels not good and then so what's going to happen with the patriots i mean obviously they're gonna have to figure out the quarterback (laughs) situation but what do they do with the quarterback situation it's not going to be cam next year they won't bring cam back no i I don't think so i obviously he's he's played really well at times but just hasn't been consistent and there are just games like the games against the, the game against the rams on thursday 
you know, what was that? I mean, after coming off, they've had these these great wins over Baltimore and they followed up with a really bad loss. And they have, you know, a nice win and then a bad loss. And it's kind of been this, and Cam has really been the epitome of this yo-yo where you don't really yes. know what you're going to get. And now it almost feels like you sort of do know what you're going to get. He just can't throw the football anymore with any kind of accuracy. Yeah. So they're in a tough spot. I don't know if they sort of shop arounds, try and find another Cam-esque guy that wants to come to New England on a cheap contract and prove it. I kind of it kind of feels like that was sort of a once in a lifetime deal. You could get a former MVP to take a one million dollar, <laughs> essentially a one million dollar one year prove it deal, and he just hasn't really proved it. So they're not going to be bad enough to get a great draft pick, but maybe they look for something in this particular crop of college quarterbacks. Maybe they try and see what I, I haven't seen enough from Sidham this year to feel like oh yeah. This guy's got it. Eh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's the answer either. So we'll see. They're kind of in that weird Bermuda Triangle purgatory situation that a lot of teams have been in when you don't have a quarterback. It doesn't feel great. Yeah, and I would say this about Stidham. And, you know, uh, I I think uh, Belichick knew what he had with Brady um, when, you know, Bledsoe went down. So I don't think that that was as big a deal. I think if he felt good about Stidham, he'd be playing right now. Feels that way. Yeah, feels that way. So I so you're in the you know, Steelers are going to be in the same boat. I mean, um, I, I think it feels like the the sands of the hourglass are running down on Ben. I mean, he just he's he's just not um, I, I don't want to say he's much better than what we had to deal with last year. I mean, I mean, a million times better, but he's not what he once was. And, um, you know, his ability to, uh, just, um, hang in there, even get a yard. I mean, he won't run for a yard. I mean, it's just, it's, it's very odd. So now you take a portion of what was his, in his toolbox. And if there's 10 tools in there, it feels like he's only working with about five. (laughs) He's got his socket set (laughs) and a needle nose pliers. And that's about it. He's like me at home with robo grips. (laughs) Like robo grips, if 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 you can't fix it with a robo grip, I'm out. Hmm. I'm out. So I mean, that's <laughs> how he's quarterbacking right now. And trust me, robo grips are underrated. They're unbelievable. They do a lot of things, but they don't win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got for you with the Steelers. I, I they're eleven and two. I, I I've enjoyed it. It's been great. But they're not. I, like I said, I've probably seen. A half a dozen better teams, Steeler teams, yeah. than this one. Isn't that wild? Yeah, but we'll see. Could be enough, though. Could be enough to get the job done if on any given day. If that, if that's uh, the five tools that Ben has left is enough to pull out a win against a couple of these playoff teams, you might find yourself in Sampa playing for a Super Bowl here in February or wherever the Super Bowl gets moved to. If it's not, gonna, if it's not going to be, who the heck knows? Twenty twenty one. We'll figure it out here in a couple of weeks. We have to be ready for anything. Got it exactly. Amen. On that note, I think it's a good time to sign off. Big thanks, of course, as always, to Bill Chaves, to Cassie Nell as our producer. I'm Alex Siner. Thanks again for listening. We will be in touch on the Bill Chaves podcast in the weeks to come with another new episode. Be safe. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you soon.